It's good to see everyone tonight. We are uh, so thankful to be here. It was a year ago we were here uh, before everything started changing last year. Uh, but we appreciate your pastors. We've known them since 1977. Uh, as your pastor said, we both attended the same Bible school and uh, started very closely to the same age uh, in pastoring uh, a few years ago, and uh, on that side, the eastern side of the state, and so we've known each other for a long time, and uh, I tell you, you have some wonderful pastors, very stable, faithful, committed leaders, and uh, you can see that as a reflection in this church. You're blessed to have a wonderful pastor as pastors as Mike and Joan and their family, and I want to thank everyone who uh, is, has been serving uh, this week. We appreciate you. I, I don't know if, Joan, have you made all the meals? Most of them? A lot of them? Well, we're taken care of, and we appreciate everyone who's uh, brought anything in and helped. We appreciate you so much. Uh, having pastored, I, I appreciate everyone, including the sound person. I appreciate you so much. They very seldom get any thanks, but we want to thank you. And those on the video, we want to thank you as well. Uh, this is my wonderful wife, Connie. And those of you who don't know her, she's small but powerful. So we've been married uh, this year 39 years. We have one son, uh, and he is uh, the father of two, he and his wife, uh, our daughter-in-law, have two sons, two grandsons, 10 years old and 5 years old. Uh, if your grandparents, you know, when I say grandchildren, I can tell who the grandparents are. Their face lights up. You know, when my son was little, and he would do something like take a crayon or something and paint on the wall, you know, you would say, what are you doing? You know, I, now I have to fix that, repair that. But when your grandchildren do that, you say, leave it alone. It's a work of art. <laughs> leave it right there. They, you know, break something, no problem. And then my son says, something changed in you. You weren't that way when I was growing up. Well, that just happens with grandkids, doesn't it? So it's great to see you. We are so appreciative to be a part of this conference and uh, especially uh, this subject of faith. Uh, we're living in some challenging times. We've always gone through some challenging times over the years. Uh, and this subject is foundational uh, to our lives as believers. And so tonight I want to, as Peter said, in 2 Peter chapter 1, stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance of these things. And we are going to study the Word of God together just to refresh our memory and to strengthen our spirit on principles that are so precious and valuable to us over the years and especially in the day that we're living in. So let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful for this time that we have in this wonderful church. Thank you for every person who is a part of this church, who serves in this church. We thank you for the impact they've made in the past 40 plus years in this part of the state and beyond this part of the state, Father, into other areas of, uh, of Nebraska and Iowa and, and the whole surrounding region, as well as internationally. And Father, we thank you that your word is going forth and will continue to go forth and change lives. And Father, tonight we thank you for allowing us to come together 
to study the Word of God together. And Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence among us and with us. We thank you for being here. You are not only with us, you are in us. And so tonight we look to you to guide us and direct us into the Word of God, to share revelation with us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, Father. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for everything in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to uh, begin in 1 John chapter 5 before I go to that verse, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. And I apologize for not giving scriptures to... You'll catch it? I apologize. I'll go slow. We'll do like we did in the old days. Turn in your Bibles. Anybody have a Bible? An old, a real Bible? Not just an electronic one? You have? Okay. So we'll take time to turn. How's that? You know, I remember back in the early days when we started preaching, we started with 60-minute tapes. Tapes. Cassette tapes, sorry. And then that wasn't good enough, so we went to 90. You remember that? 90-minute tapes. And if you didn't worship and praise 45 minutes, you were backslidden. Remember those days, Brother Larry? And uh, we had, you know, people would come with several Bibles, notebooks, tape recorders. It was just amazing. What a remarkable time. Uh, people so hungry, and, and the majority of us came out of churches, wonderful churches, but churches that we would consider more uh, traditional. Uh, great churches, but people were hungry. There was a move of the Spirit of God that was uh, a work of God. A genuine work of God. An amazing period of time. But you know, the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. Right? So the only difference is maybe what we expect. What we anticipate. What we desire. So I believe we have a hungry group of people here tonight who is, are willing to drive through, well, partially roads that are partially with snow on, but cold. And so uh, we're glad you showed up tonight. So here in 1 John chapter 5, before I get to that, you know, we, we talk about faith. And we always talk about, we emphasize usually uh, faith for receiving something from God. And we know Mark 11, 23 and 24. And we've looked at those verses before. Uh, in verse 24, therefore, Jesus said, therefore, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And we understand that. But I want to look at faith from a different angle tonight. And I want to deal with uh, faith in the area of building or establishing a solid foundation that will take us through every challenge that we might face in life. You know, faith is not only active in receiving from God, but it's also active in believing what God says through His written word and spoken word to you. That will take you through every situation of life. Pastor read tonight the 91st Psalm, and that belongs to every believer, every single one of us. That's just as true now for us under the new covenant as it was when it was written. And so I want to look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse uh, 4 that says, For whatsoever or whosoever is born of God. How many of you are born of God tonight? 90% of you. Well, hopefully by the end of the service, the rest of you. Whatsoever, whosoever is born of God does what? Does what? 
Well, there's a 50% chance you might overcome. No. You will what? Overcome what? The world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The Good News Bible said, because every child of God is able to defeat the world. I like that. Every child of God is able to defeat the world. That means what is in the world we understand. In the world, this world is not controlled by God. It is controlled by the prince of the power of the air. The Bible calls him the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. We know him as Satan. So every believer, every child of God is able to defeat this system that is in the world that is contrary to God and against God. Every single believer. So the Good News Bible says, because every child of God is able to defeat the world, and we win the victory over the world by the means of our faith. By the means of our faith. So here, this word overcome, one commentary says, means to conquer, to be victorious, or to prevail in the face of obstacles. Overcome describes the quality of the true saint who may stumble and fall, but who God always picks up and continues onward and upward in the power of the Spirit and motivated by victory Christ has won for us on the cross. So as the, new, the, the uh, Good News Bible says, and we win the victory over the world by means of our faith. Hallelujah. So I don't have to tell you tonight we're living in a crazy world. And it seems to be crazier moment by moment. I don't have to tell you that. But we are not focused on the world and the world system. We're focused on kingdom principles. We're focused on God's Word. We are not of this world. We are of the, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into what? Into the kingdom of God. So we live in this world. We are expats. You know what an expat is? When I lived overseas, we've lived in five countries. Uh, if you're a foreigner living in uh, uh, another country, you're considered an expat or an expatriate. You're from another country. So we are technically, as believers, expats living in this world. We really belong to the kingdom of God. Our citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. You don't need a passport. Thank God. You already have one in Christ. And so here we understand, you know, that uh, it seems like that our Christian life tends to parallel the New Testament letters written to the church, and uh, we are fast approaching First and Second Peter. Hopefully we won't make the book of Revelation. You know, Peter said concerning our faith, he said, don't think it a strange thing concerning the trials that you're facing. You know, many times I know as Christians we see things going on in the world and hear things going on in the world, and it surprises a lot of people. But the Bible has already informed us that these things will happen. And so Peter said, don't be surprised when strange things happen, because this is a part of the world system and this is what's going to happen before Jesus comes back. But the great thing is, we have been given by God the faith necessary to go through this life to be able to overcome every obstacle, to be able to go through any storm that may appear and come out the other side victoriously. That's what God wants for you. 
So Paul, we can see, we understand here, if we look at Paul's life, that he experienced a few challenges. Brother Marty quoted some of those verses the other night. I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Paul said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. I like God's word translation of verse, verse 8 that says, In every way we're troubled, but we are not crushed by our troubles. Hallelujah. We're not crushed. We're frustrated, but we do not give up. You know, Paul said this, the same man who wrote all of these verses also said in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, he said, In all these things we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah more than conquerors through Him that loved us. So it is our faith in God's Word and in God's power that makes us more than conquerors in this life. Now all of us know how faith comes. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so then faith comes by what? Hearing what? The 5 o'clock news. No, thank God it doesn't come by hearing the 5 o'clock news. It comes by hearing God's Word. So then faith comes. Now you understand the moment you are born again, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, and of course in the context he's talking about uh, different serving, different ways to serve in the body of Christ, different gifts or abilities. But he said, as God has dealt to every person the measure of faith. He has dealt, God has dealt to every believer a measure of the God kind of faith. And Paul, in his epistles, has written over and over again that this faith that we have received can grow. As a matter of fact, Paul in one epistle said, Your faith groweth exceedingly. So God has given us a portion, a measure of His faith that Jesus talked about in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, 23, and 24. In verse 23, we know that verse Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he saith. That's the God kind of faith. If you are a believer, you have received a measure of that kind of faith. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to fast for it. You already have a measure of that kind of faith. It's on the inside. And God has given to us His Word, the Holy Spirit, that will enable us to take that measure of faith and to make it grow, to make it grow strong so that we can go through any situation in this life. We travel the road of this life and we experience resistance, we experience challenges, but God's Word tells us that this faith that He has given to us will help us go through any challenge in life. Any and every challenge. Hallelujah. So it, it pays to be a part of a good local church. I tell you, in the days that we're living, this is the greatest place to come together. Right? It pays to have a, a family that believes in you and prays for you and can agree with you in prayer. And the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, when you see the day approaching, all the more we should come together. Not separate, which is an interesting concept that is happening in the world. 
but come together. Isn't that right? There is power in unity. You know, in Acts chapter 4, we have the story of Peter and John, and uh, when they were let go, they came unto their own company or their own group of believers, and they prayed. And after they prayed, the Bible said the place that they assembled together shook. The power of God was manifested in a way that actually affected the building they gathered in. And they prayed for more boldness, for signs and wonders to be done through the name of the Holy Child Jesus. In Acts chapter 5, we see the results of that. That many signs and wonders were done through the hands of the apostles in the streets of Jerusalem, even so much that they brought the sick into the street that the shadow of Peter might overshadow them, and they were healed. Tremendous things happened. But I like what F.F. Bosworth said about that particular experience. He said it was not the faith of a single evangelist that caused that manifestation of God's power in the streets of Jerusalem. It was the corporate faith of a Spirit-filled, united, and praying church. He said a corporate faith of a Spirit-filled, united, and praying church makes it easy for God to manifest and hard for the devil to interfere. We need one another. God created us as a body of believers. He used the physical body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to illustrate the church. We need one another. You have certain abilities from God that I don't have. All of us have received something from God that when we come together corporately, there is a corporate anointing and manifestation that is necessary for us. And we can see in the world today, the object is not to bring people together, but to isolate people, to separate people. And there's many reasons for that. But we know ultimately that behind everything, there is a power that is at work. And the primary goal of that power is to eliminate the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the primary goal. We may have other manifestations in the natural. We may be misdirected by information to focus on other things. But ultimately, the reason for what we're seeing in the world today, and that is globally, is to decimate the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to cause it to become powerless. But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. As long as I'm here, your pastors are here, and you're here, that's not going to happen. I like what Brother Hagin said many times ago, you know, he, many years ago he said someone told him, well, the devil's taking over the whole world. He said, well, he hasn't taken, overtaken me, so he hasn't overtaken the whole world. He hasn't overtaken you, right? So he's not going to overtake you. No, we're going to stand firm. We're going to represent the kingdom of God. We're going to preach and teach the word of God. We're going to continue to tell people about Jesus Christ. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. The devil is terrified of the church coming together and understanding their spiritual authority and learning how to exercise that spiritual authority through faith and through the Word of God. Amen. And so God is still moving and manifesting Himself in the world today. We have to understand that. His mission has not changed. It doesn't matter what's going on around the world. Mark chapter 16 has not changed. Go into all the world only when it's convenient. 
going to all the world just electronically. Now we use that. No, we're not going to limit God to any method. We're going to use every method, whatever's available to us, and we're going to keep going with the gospel. Hallelujah. So we understand it is the faith that God has given to us that causes us to have the victory. You know, it's interesting that uh, when Satan desired to have Peter, and Jesus prayed for him, Jesus prayed only one thing, and that is that he might, he did not pray that he might have faith, he prayed that his faith may not fail. Isn't that right? So God has given to us a way to develop our faith, to strengthen our faith, so in spite of what's going on, our faith will not fail. So we must ask ourselves this question, is our faith our confidence, our trust, founded upon God's Word, or is it in a world system? Is our faith in God, in His Word, or is it in a system, a world system, that is, has been encroaching upon us constantly through every form of media, every form of communication? You know, that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 becomes more real every year. Paul said, there are many voices in the world, none of them without meaning. And we have to determine God's voice from all these other voices that are bombarding us daily. Daily. But we must focus in on what God's voice is saying. His voice is clear. His voice is direct. His voice gives us revelation. His voice gives us direction in life. His voice shows us where to go. His voice will lead us so that we are protected, so that we are sustained. You know, that psalm we, wrote, we quote quite often, the psalm, uh, psalm 23, and it's not a funeral psalm, by the way. Uh, we do use it many times at memorial services, but it was not written for a memorial service. It is the present-day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Aren't you glad? and I shall not want. He's my shepherd. He provides. He leads me to green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Now, it's interesting. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, that's talking about right now. We're walking through this world, and death, spiritual death, is all around us. But it's a shadow to the believer. It's a shadow. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. You know, the, the greatest thing you will ever have to overcome in life is fear. And if you never had an opportunity yet, more than likely you will have an opportunity at some point. The greatest spiritual force that Satan uses is fear. And it is a spiritual force. As a matter of fact, Timothy, first, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, calls fear a spirit. Well, it's not a spirit that comes from God. Right? No. It comes from the enemy. And it is real. It is tangible. Uh, if I had the time, I would go into explain to you what, exp what experience I had when I was in China. My wife and I lived in China for 10 years. 
And uh, just to make a brief illustration, uh, I had an experience, uh, long story short, where, where uh, I sensed uh, I was talking to, a, or a Chinese man was talking to me. When he spoke to me, I sensed something, like someone put a coat on me, and it was fear. And I never experienced fear like that before. It was tangible. And I returned to my our apartment where we were living, and I said to my wife, you have to pray for me. And she's never heard me say that to her in all the years we're married. Pray for me because I, uh, you know, I don't feel like I can leave the apartment. And uh, the next day I was in, in, the, in the bathroom shaving, I heard a voice. It sounded audible. And the voice said, if you stop praying, I'll leave you alone. Well, now I've, I've pinpointed the voice, right? God's not going to tell people to stop praying. Well, I was praying for the leaders of the nation I was living in. And uh, now I recognize the source. And now the battle's on. The battle's on. And so I'm not going to bore you with the details, but it was, a, it was a, 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 an experience I've never had in my life. And that fear was so tangible you know, I used to hear people talk about fear, and I never really uh, related so much to that, but now I can relate. It was tangible. It's not like you have a cut on your hand where you can see that cut and treat that cut. It's just something that attacks you. It's a force that overwhelms you. It comes into your soul, into your mind. You have all kinds of crazy thoughts all day long, from the time I'd get up to the time I'd go to bed. I'm fighting. I'm battling. I'm battling those thoughts. And that's the primary way that the devil tries to gain access into the life of the believer is through their mind, their thought life. If he can inject a thought or a picture, he knows human nature is, the way that we're created, we respond to that thought or picture with feelings. And humans tend to follow their feelings. And so all he has to do is create this scenario in your mind. And that's why it's so important to listen to the right things. Listen to the right things. And so this battle went on for about two years. And uh, my wife, you know, she said, you know, if you were to look at me from the outside, you wouldn't know that I'm battling this. But it's going on. It's a battle. It's real. All kinds of thoughts come into your mind. All kinds of crazy thoughts. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to lose your ministry. You're going to have to leave the mission field. And I had other people on the mission field. Several missionaries, the same situation, lost their mind and left the mission field. Because of the spiritual activity that was taking place. And so every day all I could do is quote the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. God's not given unto me a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind every day. Hundreds of times. Thousands of times. And uh, slowly, little by little by little, that pressure lifted. Until there was just a small, you know, about, maybe about 10% left. And I was at a meeting in Tulsa. And uh, the individual who was leading that meeting uh, had a word from the Lord. said, if you'll stand up right now. Uh, some of you are being harassed. If you'll stand up right now, uh, that will leave you. Well, I stood up, and it left. The rest of it, the 10% left. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And that's been several years ago. But we have to understand the strategy of the enemy. And in the, in the world, see, we live in this world. So things of the world can get in us. How do they get into us? Through our mind. Through our thought processes. See, we live in this world. Isn't that right? That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, I'm still talking about faith. Because what you think about all the time affects what you believe. And what you believe is going to be expressed in words and actions. And your words and actions will determine what you have in life and what you become in life. So that's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, in verse 1, he's writing to spirit-filled believers. Number one, he said, present your body to God. Isn't that right? You know, Paul said this, he said, the body belongs to the Lord before the Lord promises to be the Lord of the body. Come on now. Right? We present our bodies to Him. Everything you are belongs to God. You say, well, how much of God does He, how much of me does God want? All of you. All of you. He purchased you with a price. You belong to Him. Spirit, soul, body. Isn't that right? So He only promises to be the Lord of the body when you submit your body to Him. Amen. Are you out there? Yeah. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 is in the Bible, isn't it? Present your, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your what? Bodies a what? Sacrifice. Dead sacrifice? sacrifice? No. The problem with a living sacrifice is it wants to keep crawling off the altar. <laughs> Doesn't want to stay on the altar. You present your body. God's not going to present your body. You are. That means you can. You know, a long time ago, I've learned that whatever the Bible tells me I can do, I can do. And you hear many times people say, well, I just can't do that. Well, the Bible says you can. Change what you're thinking. Change what you're saying. It'll affect what you're believing. It'll affect what you do in life, what you become in life. Number two, in verse two, he says, and be not conformed to this world. That means we can be. That word conformed is a Greek word. It's pressure from the outside that squeezes you into a shape or a form. It's like taking uh, clay or Play-Doh, you know, and squeezing that. You can get those. My grandsons have those things. You press them in there and make different, you know, objects and different things. That's what that word comes from. So the world system around us, which is a system of thinking, a mentality, will squeeze you into its mold. If you're not careful, it'll squeeze you and press you into its mold. So he said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word is the English equivalent to metamorphosis. Be transformed by the new birth? No. Be transformed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. We believe in the new birth. That will make you a new creature. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit will give you additional power. But transformation comes from mind renewal. We have a lot of believers, born again, spirit-filled, but not transformed minds. Are you listening? 
He said, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's a process. That's not a one-time event. That's a continual process. You know, we have two natures. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, how can I go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you're a teacher and a ruler of the Jews, and you don't understand what I'm saying. That which is born of spirit is spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. So you have two natures, a fleshly one and a spiritual one. Your fleshly one comes from your mother and father. We all have that. Don't look so holy. <laughs> right? We all have that. Someone said, well, you know, that's the Irish in me. No, that's your flesh. <laughs> right? Huh? We excuse our flesh. Well, I'm German. Don't shout me down now. I'm German. My mother's from Germany. And so my human nature, you know, I can find a problem in every solution. That's my human nature. Just the way I am. If you want a testimony, ask my wife. She'll know. That's just my human nature. And you know, we're, if we're not careful, we can just yield to that and feed that nature. There are some things that irritate me. I have to be honest with you. And one is bad drivers. Just me. Maybe not you. It is me. And so, you know, I have to deal with that. And I've lived in countries where there were some really bad drivers, I'm telling you. Maybe the Lord is trying to mature me in that area. <clears throat> but they were bad. And so I, you know, you, know, you, you speak to yourself. <clears throat> and and uh, you speak to the drivers. So, you know, I have, I have to, that's my fleshly nature. I've got to work on that. And so, you know... Dear Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. They need your blessing. They need your wisdom. And so we have that nature, and if we're not careful, we can default to that nature. We can feed that nature and default to that nature, and the world system around us helps us. Or we can yield to the inner man, the new creation, and feed that spirit on the Word of God which strengthens that new creation. And then renew our minds so that our spirit, through our renewed minds, can control this outward man. That's what God wants. So when we live in this world and we deal with everything that we deal with, and we, you know, hear all this information that's coming, and 99.99999% is negative. We don't have Paul Harvey anymore. We have all this other stuff, right? And you listen to that, you listen to that, and my human nature gets riled up. I'm telling you, it gets riled up. And so I just have to turn that off, move away from that, and start strengthening my spirit. Start speaking to myself what God's Word says. Who I am in Christ, what I have in Christ. And that redirects me back to where I should be. And focusing on God's Word. So fear is probably the greatest enemy that many people have to deal with. And last year, it's amazing how many times the Bible says, fear not. 
Huh? It's amazing, every time Jesus appeared to His disciples, He said, fear not. Fear not. Fear is a powerful force, and it can control you. It can affect your soul. It can control your words and your actions. So we have to understand what God's Word says about that. God, God has not given to us a spirit of fear. It does not come from God's kingdom. Not at all. Fear does not come from God. So we have to learn to resist certain things, and we do that with our faith. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5 quickly. 1 Peter chapter 5. You know, Brother Hagin said this, and I like to say this before I get to 1 Peter chapter 5. He said, thoughts may come, and thoughts may persist, but thoughts not acted upon in word or deed die unborn. I want to say that again. Thoughts may come, and they will come. And thoughts may persist. And they will persist. But thoughts not acted upon in word or deed or action will die unborn. The way the enemy works, and you have to understand his strategy, is to put a thought in your head. Did God say that? Did God say that if you eat that fruit or touch that fruit, you're going to die? Did God say that? Did He really say that? And that thought stays there. And then that thought, he works on that thought. Until that thought begins to control or govern you. So that's why we have to recognize the source, number one. That's the first thing we have to do, is recognize the source. I don't know why it is. It's so difficult sometimes for people to, you know, think, you know, determine who, where bad things are coming from. We have to understand where bad things come from. They don't come from God. God's not bringing bad things into your life to test you or to try you. It does not come from God. You know, there was a preacher years ago, and he had a, this was back in the 40s, when the healing revival uh, was going on. He had a large tent, very large tent, and he was in Texas, and they had a tornado. A high wind came through and blew that tent away. And it was a large tent, so he was in a meeting, and they were receiving an offering to buy a new tent. And uh, this man, who was supposedly, you know, a, a, a faith preacher, I don't know if he was, but he got up and he said, I don't know who blew away that tent, God or the devil. Well, God's not blowing down tents, gospel tents. He's putting them up. Isn't that right? Huh? God's not tearing down churches. He's building churches. God's not destroying things that expand His kingdom. He's building things. No, every good gift, James said, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Hallelujah. Jesus said it's the thief that comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Not God. Not God. God's on your side. He's with you. He's for you. Hallelujah. He wants you to win in life. Amen. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to experience His blessings in this life. 
But we live in a world that's anti-God. A world and a world system that will erode your faith. That's why it's so important for us to stay in the Word of God and to stay with a community of like-minded people that will encourage you and strengthen you in your faith. We need that. All of us need that. All of us need that. You never grow out of that need as a believer. I don't care how spiritually mature you are. We need one another. It's amazing, you know, just sitting down. I travel all over the world and just sitting down sometimes with other pastors in other countries. And I don't, I don't really do any ministry. I just sit down with them and fellowship with them. And, uh, you know, we just have conversations. And that strengthens their faith. Just that encouragement. Just being with them. It's amazing how that affects other people's lives. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 5. We're talking about using our faith in this area, and that is to resist Satan. 1 Peter chapter 5, and we know this scripture, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, verse 8, and vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him. That means you can. Resist him how? Steadfast how? In the faith, or with your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So notice here, we resist Satan with our faith. Faith in what? Faith in what God's Word says. Well, how do you resist the devil? Any thought that comes into your mind that's contrary to what God's Word says about you, you resist it. If fear comes, you say, I resist you, fear, in Jesus' name. I command you to go. If doubt comes, I resist you, doubt, in the name of Jesus. Now, we only have two examples, and we have two because Matthew and Luke both recorded the story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, in Luke 4 and Matthew 4. And Jesus experienced three temptations. And all three times, Jesus responded by saying what? It is written. He quoted three verses from the book of Deuteronomy. And the third time, after he said, it is written, then, the Bible said, then the devil leaveth him. So we only have that example in the four Gospels of Jesus resisting Satan. How did he do it? By opening his mouth and by speaking God's word. That's the example we have. You'll never defeat the devil in your thought life just by trying to outthink him. You'll never do that. He'll defeat you every single time. You have to open your mouth. You have to know what God's word says. And you have to speak that word out of your mouth. Amen. That is the only way to successfully resist or overcome Satan's attacks. So when fear comes, then you have to resist that fear. Now let's look at, uh, turn to Luke chapter 6 with me. Luke chapter 6, you know, you cannot become a conqueror in life or an overcomer without some resistance, some challenges, some battles. 
Smith Wigglesworth said, Great faith comes out of great battles. We don't like to talk about the battle part. We just want to skip over that and get to the great faith part. But you know, faith is like a muscle. You have to exercise it. You know, years ago I had a set of uh, barbells and uh, an instruction manual, you know, on weightlifting. And I could, you know, I could have those barbells there in the room and read my instruction manual and memorize that instruction manual and make faith's confessions out of that manual. I believe I'm a bodybuilder. I believe I'm a bodybuilder. And walk by those barbells, those dumbbells, every day and make my positive confession. I believe I'm a bodybuilder. And quote out of that bodybuilding manual. But would my muscles ever develop? No, not until I did what? Took what was in the manual and applied it and actually picked up those weights so there was some resistance against my muscles. That's the only way that my muscles would develop. Isn't that right? And the same with God's Word, the same with faith. Faith has to be exercised for it to grow. It has to be exercised. It's exercised through what you say and how the actions of your lives. That's how it's exer exercised. When something comes into your life that you have to push out of your life, when fear comes in, you have to resist it. You have to push it out. Now, I want you to notice something here in Luke chapter 6. Jesus gives us an amazing story, and you know this story. It is the story of two foundations. Luke chapter 6. You know, Brother Hagin said in his book, uh, Must Christians Suffer? He said, as I look back now, I can see I wasn't conscious of the fact that the Holy Spirit led me into some hard places. He said, just knowing the Word and walking by faith won't mature you. That's the reason many people never get settled or matured. They won't stay in a challenging opportunity. <laughs> they keep running away from those challenges. Well, you're never going to develop your faith by running away. Don't shout me down now. You know, sometimes we get around certain people, have to work around certain people. We'd like to send them to heaven early. But sometimes working around some of those people helps you develop in your love walk. Right? We talk about love. Oh yeah, I got the love of God. Then when someone looks at us wrong, all of a sudden we lost the love of God. <laughs> Something else comes out of our mouth, right? No. How's that love develop? By having opportunities to walk in love. Huh? Isn't that right? So that's true in every area of life. We have opportunities coming into our life. You know, and, and I quote Brother Hagin a lot because I've listened to him a lot. Uh, but, you know, he mentioned that, you know, when he had a problem in life, and all of us uh, that have heard him, heard him make this statement, just another opportunity to believe God or another opportunity to prove that God's Word works. Instead of saying, oh, dear Jesus, what am I going to do now? Oh, dear Lord. When's the rapture coming? We have another opportunity to prove God's Word works. Hallelujah. So all these things that we see around us, hey, hey, we got another opportunity to prove that God's Word works. 
Isn't that right? And you understand this, that God's principles work in His kingdom. There are three kingdoms mentioned in the Bible. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 talks about the name of Jesus. Every knee must bow of things where? Where? Heaven. That is a literal kingdom. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven or the body of Christ that is a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, extends into this earth through the body of Christ we call the church. It is a spiritual kingdom. God is sovereign in His kingdom. But there's another kingdom. The third one is of things under the earth, and we know that kingdom. Paul talked about that kingdom in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We, it would be great for believers to understand that principle. You'll never change things by trying to change things in the natural. Never. Because there are spiritual forces behind the scenes that are governing the natural. And if all you deal with is the natural, you're not dealing with the spiritual forces behind that's manipulating the natural. The third kingdom is found right in the middle of things on the earth. Every knee will bow of things in heaven, things on the earth, things under the earth. The second kingdom is man's kingdom. And that's where you and I live and function. Unfortunately, man's kingdom, after Adam and Eve sinned, was taken over by Satan. So he has the spiritual authority to manipulate and control man's kingdom. Man still has a right to rule on this earth. And if you look around the world, who's ruling and reigning in the nations of the world? Not angels, not demons. Physically, men and women. Isn't that right? We still have presidents, prime ministers. We still have dictators ruling nations. And they will rule until Jesus comes back. Then He will rule. You know, people are all concerned about a one world government. Well, if it happens, it's an easy transition. <laughs> because when Jesus comes, it's going to be a one world government. No voting. Right? None whatsoever. So we have three kingdoms. God's sovereign in His. Satan has legal permission because he got it from Adam to be the spiritual ruler of this world system. Adam did not lose his natural authority. He lost his spiritual authority. And that's what Jesus regained. Are you listening to me? So Paul said in Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Oh, we need to understand that. But against principalities, powers, the rulers, the rulers, the rulers. Isn't that right? Principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. So when Satan took Jesus up on a mountain, he showed him all the nations of the world. Didn't he? He said, all this authority is given unto me. It's mine, and I can give it to whomsoever I want to. Who gave it to him? Adam did. When Adam yielded to Satan and disobeyed God's commands, he lost his spiritual authority. He took on a different nature. 
the nature of Satan. So we see three kingdoms, God's kingdom, and if you're a born-again believer, you are in that kingdom right now. But you're living in this natural world, man's kingdom. And man's kingdom is governed for the most part by Satan, who is called the God of this world in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 1 John 5, 14, I believe it is, says, or 19 says, the whole world lies in wickedness. And that was written post-resurrection. Huh? Is that right? Well, you said, I thought Jesus came and He defeated the devil. He did. But defeat does not mean remove Him from this world system. Defeat means... When Jesus defeated Satan, He disarmed him. That's what that word means. Disarmed him, took away all his spiritual authority and ability to do anything or to hurt or harm the believer, the church. So you live in this world. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We live in this world. And we have all this going on around us, but you have been given spiritual authority. You have been given God's Word and the Holy Spirit and God's spiritual principles or laws, that when you act upon the Word of God, those laws go into action and work in your life right here in this world. And what causes those principles to work? Faith. Faith. What you believe and what you say. What you believe and what you say. Well, the whole world's under the control of the devil. No. No, it's not. We're here. Isn't that right? We're the light of the world. God works through the church, through the believer. He works through every believer to bring His message, to manifest His power and His glory in this earth. Hallelujah. That's why you're here. We're not to be overtaken by the world. No, 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 no. We are to be a light to the world. We are to show the world, regardless of what happens, we can be strong and full of faith, not full of fear. Yes. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Hallelujah. Where's that come from? That comes from the Holy Spirit on the inside. That comes from what you know about who you are in Christ, and what you have in Christ, and what you can do through Christ. We're not the defeated church. We're the glorious church. We're the triumphant church. We're not the church that's in hiding. No. We're the church that is to represent God in this world. His power, His ability, His glory. He wants to manifest that, demonstrate that through you. Amen. My wife and I lived in five nations of the world. One of them was China. Christianity is what it still is, illegal. Everything we did was, according to them, illegal. But like Peter said, who should we obey? You or God. You understand, we're not violating natural laws, but when it comes to the Word of God and the Gospel, we have a higher commandment. Go into all the world and preach the Gospel. I'll be with you. Right? When trouble comes, I'll deliver you. Right? Do we believe that, or is it just words in the Bible? If we believe it, then let's act on it. Because faith is acting on God's Word. 
Hallelujah. 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 Now, let me close with this, this uh, verse right here. We'll pick up tomorrow night. Let me just say this. Tests and trials do not strengthen your faith. It is overcoming tests and trials that strengthens your faith. <laughs> I mean, when you get, you know, if you get attacked with a sickness and you don't get healed, that doesn't build more confidence into you. Right? Because the next time you get attacked, here comes the thought. Well, the last time you prayed, you didn't get healed. What makes you think you're going to get healed this time? No, it's not tests and trials that builds faith. It's overcoming them. It's spiritual victories. Now, Jesus tells this story, and we're talking about faith. How many of you already have a portion of the God kind of faith? Hallelujah. Notice what Jesus said here in Luke chapter 6. Real quick, Luke chapter 6. Jesus said in verse 47... Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings, my words, and does them, that's a doer, I will show you whom he is like. Verse 48, he's like a man building a house who dug deep. Notice that. Dug deep. I had a farmer friend, you know, lived down the road. He was an old timer and he had some interesting expressions. You know, he'd talk about certain people. He said, well, they're a mile wide, but about an inch deep. He'd say, well, you know, they're raising a lot of dust, but not plowing very deep. Farmers know what I'm talking about. Right? Dug deep. It's not a casual glance at God's Word. No, it is reverent, prayerful, prever uh, prayerful, reverent, diligent study of God's Word. Amen. Not a casual glance. Are you listening to me? See, God's Word will produce in you the spiritual strength you need. It will help your faith be able to, to grow and become strong so when the challenges come, you can overcome them, which in turn strengthens you even more. So I said, dug deep. Notice that. And... Uh, laid the foundation on the rock. And when he had, the flood arose, the, the stream beat vehemently against the house, and it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So here's the lives of two people. They both encountered the same storm, identical. They both heard the same word. Went to the same conference. Heard the same word, bought the same book. One of them, one of their lives withstood when the storm came. The other one did not. What's the difference? The foundation. Jesus said the man who hears and does, his foundation's like a rock. Right? Now, here's, here's something that you need to understand. The storm didn't make the foundation strong. Huh? Isn't that right? It's not the tests and trials of life that makes your foundation strong. It's the Word of God that makes your foundation strong. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Isn't that right? 
And then by doing or practicing that word, your faith muscles develop. When the storm comes, then you'll stand strong. If the storm overtakes you, it simply shows you where your foundation is weak. That's what it does. The tests and trials simply show where the foundation is weak. And God doesn't want your foundation to be weak. He wants it to be strong. And He's given you everything to make that foundation strong. Doesn't matter what comes. You can stand strong. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? You can stand strong. See, God wants you to win in life, not lose. Not lose. Now, we've all had challenges. If you haven't had any, like one man said, you hadn't gone very far yet. Right? Everybody has challenges. And we don't talk about them because we don't necessarily want to glorify all those things. We want to put something into people that will encourage them and strengthen them. Right? So we talk about what God's Word says. But challenges come. Tests and trials come. Paul said the evil day comes. But God wants you to be strong. Regardless of what comes. We've all had challenges. Sometimes things didn't work out the way we thought they should work out. But like Paul said, we do not become discouraged. We do not quit. We just have another opportunity to prove that God's Word works. The next time He comes, I'm ready. Isn't that right? The next time He comes, I'm ready. I'm going to be ready. Now years ago, and I want to close with this, years ago, you know, we used to have, uh, we called them confession policemen. Your pastors will know what I'm talking about, you know. We had these expressions, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just tickled to death. Don't say that. <laughs> you know, we had, you know, all these expressions in the natural, and, you know, people, you know, learned about confession. Don't say that. Don't say that. Well, you know, maybe they were a little bit enthusiastic, but you know what? It kind of helps you a little bit. Stay focused on the Word of God. It kind of reminds you that, yes, death and life's in the power of the tongue. You say it one time, it's probably not going to happen. But it's good just to remind us the power of words and what we say and how faith works. Jesus said, whosoever shall say. Isn't that right? Whosoever shall say. Verse 22, he said, have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty-two. 22. Have the faith of God. Whosoever shall say. Not think. Say. Under this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where? In his heart. He didn't say it in his head. I guarantee you, once you begin to act on God's Word, you'll have doubts in your head. But just because you have doubts in your head does not mean the faith that you have in your heart is not working. Every time I've stepped out to obey God, doubt came. Thoughts came. But I, I didn't focus on those thoughts. I focused on what God said to me on the inside. And that's what will take you through. Whosoever shall, he went on to say, not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart. Shall believe in his heart. Believe. He shall have whatsoever he thinketh. No. He'll have whatsoever he believeth. No. He'll have whatsoever he saith. What he saith. Well, what you say are words. Isn't that right? You'll have what you say. 
So what are you saying? Oh, dear Lord, I don't know if I can make it to the end of the week. No, you can make it. You can make it. Amen. This is going to be a good year. A blessed year. A year of victories. Amen. A year of God's blessings. Hallelujah. A year of God's overflow. A year of God's manifestations in greater measure. Hallelujah. This is going to be a year that we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside. And we learn to follow the leading and the direction of the greater one who's within. And as you walk in the light of not only the written word, but the word spoken unto your spirit, that light will show the pathway that God has prepared for you. And it will reveal not only the pathway that God has prepared for you, but reveal those things that you should avoid when you walk through the pathway of life. So follow the leading of the Holy Spirit who will speak to your spirit and lead you and guide you through this life. And when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, provision will come, protection will come, blessing will come, the anointing will come, manifestations of God's power will come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Amen. Let's just lift our hands up for a moment and praise Him. Father, we love You. We praise You. We magnify You. Father, we thank You that greater, 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 greater is He who is in us than he that is in the world. Greater is He that is in us, the Holy Spirit, than anything that is in the world. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, we thank You. We thank You that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside that you've given unto us your word. Hallelujah. That word will never pass away, but that word is a sure foundation, Father, that we can establish our life on. That word, Heavenly Father, will keep us and protect us and sustain us. Oh, Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your love and your kindness. Hallelujah. Thank you for your blessings, Lord. Oh, Father, we magnify, we lift up the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, se que le miando, ustafalamande que le viando, le se que le miando sopora. Oh, Father, we magnify and lift up your name. Engle sura mora fa nambre fe suda. Er su nambre fe lungla ma angleste. Er si kat nungra maste felimea. Er sumbra sia fombora masa. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Oh, Father, you'll never forsake us. You'll never leave us alone. You're in us. You're in us. You're with us. You're for us. Ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, sekele miando cumbro, falambre, fekele hahasto ora, er ora monungla kisolo ungrefe, er sungro morafa, mandangle miando cumora, elimingro sugura haha, esque meando sive. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. I just keep hearing these words on the inside of me. Confusion comes when you listen to the wrong voice. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. And confusion will flee away. And clarity will come. And you will see and know exactly the way that you should go. You've known all along, but allowed other things to come in and choke out that which the Holy Ghost has been trying to say unto you. Don't get into the natural and allow the natural things and circumstances and information lead you off into another direction. But stay focused on what you sense in your spirit. And when you act upon that which you sense in your spirit, that's when the revelation will come. That's when the light will come. And that light will lead you and guide you into the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that which the devil has attempted to rob you of and to destroy will be turned around. And the blessings of God will abound and overtake you. <laughs> multiplied, multiplied blessings. Spiritual blessings and natural as well. For being led by the Holy Spirit in the inner witness will take you into that which God has called you to do. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we magnify. We lift up your name. We lift up your name. Hallelujah. We come against the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you've been harassed by fear, by anxiety, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, open up your heart to the Lord and your mind to the Lord. Open up your heart right now in the name of Jesus. We command that fear to leave you right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we command it to leave, to go right now. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for your presence, for your anointing. Oh, Father, right now. Oh, right now, just to flood their hearts and minds. Oh, Father, right now, we thank you for freedom. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for complete freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands up right now and thank Him. Thank Him right now that you're free. Hallelujah. Thank Him that you're free. Hallelujah. No more fear. No more fear. No more fear in Jesus' name. No, 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 no. Ha, 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 ha. Lord, we're free. Hallelujah. We are free. We are free from fear and anxiety, depression in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you for your peace and your joy. Your peace and your joy in your presence right now. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we magnify and glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we magnify you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you are for us and not against us. 
Oh, Jesus, we thank you for the victory. We thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. We praise and magnify you. Amen. Amen. Say this with me. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I am my heavenly, my, my heaven, I am my heavenly Father's child. Greater is He that's in me than any problem I may encounter in life. I have the greater one on the inside. I have the faith of God in me. And that faith will cause me to overcome. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God.